Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me and my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And Jay Hugh. No! Here to do news, because we haven't done that in a long time. I know and we, there's been some, I think. I, I, yeah. do, I did realize it occurred to me this week. I'm bummed out that these two things have correlated, because I feel like it would be most timely if we could do an episode of about the Falcon and Winter Soldier this week and the Oscars next week or vice versa. Or Mortal Kombat. There's a lot of shit this yeah, week. Yeah, uh, no. but, but we have to pick one at the end of this episode. And one of the other, whichever one we don't pick is going to be no longer topical by the time that we have time to record another episode about it. So news this week and then, uh, uh, you know, dealer's choice on what's next. I know you're going to hate me for it, but we we did not watch any of the Oscars, any of the Oscar movies when we did our predictions. I think none of us have updated that list since then. I think the Oscars is out. Okay. I had a lot of fun doing our Oscars thing because none of us gave a shit about it. But I think I, I don't think that gag would work twice. Agreed. <laughs> but on things that are relevant, the Secret Invasion Marvel TV show on Disney Plus has announced a bunch of casting lately. Uh, the big three. Well, we know that um, old Nick Fury and whatever Ben Mendelsohn's Skulls Scrolls name is in it. Um, but the we, the big three that we got recently, casting wise, is Amelia Clark confirmed, uh, confirmed, Olivia Coleman rumored still. I think she's confirmed as well. Okay, and Kingsley Benadire, cool, who was in yeah 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 One Night in Miami. Uh, I like two of three of these people. <laughs> you know, there, there's a thing whenever they get cast in one of these Marvel movies or any comic movie, you start trying to weigh their properties against characters in the Marvel universe and who they might play because of those matching characteristics. And so, you know, I immediately started thinking, who is short and can't act in the Marvel universe? <laughs> who did and, you come uh, up with? I couldn't come up with anybody. Yeah. I couldn't think of so a surprise character then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we can, we can trash on Amelia Clark as much as we want in a second. But as soon as I saw the whole thing about Olivia Coleman, I was kind of hoping it wasn't true because, you know, the internet was in a tizzy last week because poor old man, Alfred Molina, who's like begging for table scraps between films, got a nice, <laughs> got a nice cushy uh, uh, Spider-Man movie job. And he was excited to talk about it. And when he talked about it, everyone got mad at him. Uh, and uh, that's not his fault. Like, he's not, he's not fucking bred for this environment. And Olivia Coleman is 100% not capable of doing the fucking Marvel tight lip bullshit. I don't know if you guys have ever seen her on a talk show, but, uh, you know, nothing is off limits. That's true. I mean, she was in Doctor Who. Um, so it's not like it's unfamiliar territory for her, but. Yeah. I she definitely is kind of giddy in front of camera. So I think people will take advantage of that in the interview thing. Yeah. Alfred Molina thing, man. He just that that was just dumb. I feel like there was a publicist or somewhere who could have caught that and said, yo, shut your mouth, dude. But <laughs> I'm, I'm officially back on the actor side on this. Like, you know what? If you <laughs> like if you want to talk about the movie, talk about the movie. If, if somebody gets it spoiled for like, fuck you, you know, like it's a bullshit made up superhero movie you got many things to get mad about i i'm definitely anti-spoiler but also i'm anti is if your movie can't still survive in quality with being spoiled then it wasn't that good of a movie to begin sure yeah yeah, that's a fair point yeah uh (laughs) amelia clark definitely i think saw the writing on the wall of her career post game of thrones (laughs) (laughs) and decided she would jump ship to a another mega franchise this, this, was, right. this was this was the the last uh, big vine to grab onto before <laughs> in a, a free fall of of obscurity and no paychecks she tried star wars and when star wars doesn't fucking work you are running out of options <laughs> right right uh, her and kit harrington good luck to him i hope it works out i do too i i mean i think I think the role they've got for Kit Harrington is is good for him. I think that's a good choice, but it's one hundred percent just doing exactly what he's already done. Yeah, the Rob Stark guy—I can't remember his name. He's pretty good, and he's good in other things. So right. he was a good get for Marvel. I think these two just feels like they were there, and they have name <laughs> recognition. 
Right. Uh, I mean, one hundred percent. I think at this point, Marvel's like, "Hey, we need someone who kind of has a rec- name recognition," and they just start watching episodes of Game of Thrones. To yeah. see, Is that guy available? Which hopefully, at some point, the Onion Knight will catch their eye for something. For sure, he needs work. He does. Yeah. He's sec- earned it more than most of these people. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> Uh, the second thing on my list is the Space Jam 2 trailer. This movie comes out in July. We finally saw footage of it. Quick roundup. It's Ready Player One, but there's basketball and Looney Tunes in it. Right. It's 100%. There's no need to watch another second of it. That's exactly what it is. I was. I, I didn't hate this trailer, but it, the concept does not get me excited for it at all. I have to imagine that, that watching this trailer for this movie is probably what all adults felt like when they watched the first Space Jam trailer back in nineteen whatever it was. How how so? In that, like, I I don't know. My brain, like, I, I some part of me thought that, like, okay, this seems kind of cool. Like, I, I like the original Space Jam, but then I see the trailer and I'm like, no, this is. This is dumb and beneath me. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think most people who don't have the nostalgia that at least you and I do, Christian, for Space Jam, uh, who were, uh, you know, a little bit older, pretty universally feel that Space Jam is a bad movie. Uh, and I think they're probably right, but I, I can't separate it from the joy I felt as a child. So maybe this will have the same effect on the next generation. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a the first one is a bad movie. I mean, you know, there are lots of those, you know, Disney used to do that a lot where they would try to mix live action and, and cartoon. And, you know, it always had varying degrees of success, but it was never for anybody over like seven. Uh, So I think that was a good movie for seven. I don't know if this looks like a good movie for seven. I think this just looks like an advertisement for other properties. Yeah, why is Drogon in this movie? Because <laughs> right. no seven-year-old is, or at least no seven-year-old should get that reference. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, it's very much just like Warner Brothers promoting other Warner Brothers shit. Yeah, and which I guess man, is what, I guess that's what movies are now. Yeah, it. it, it why couldn't we just make a like a true sequel? Is what I want to know. Are you going to make this movie about other Warner Brothers shit and then not reference another Warner Brothers movie, which is Space Jam One? Like, I don't know. It feels weird. <laughs> so hang on. Do you, do you th- I don't remember if this was in the trailer. I don't think it was. Do you think they're going to steal powers from the other NBA players in this one? I don't think they will. That's I think a bummer because I would I would just be want to know who they could get. Oh, I know there's a list because there are NBA players. Those characters are based on, but I think they're just modeled after them. Mm-hmm. Like there are digital versions of them. Ben Christian, that, that was a really good point because I, that is funny that the only thing in the Warner Brothers catalog that is not getting referenced in this is Space Jam 1. Yeah, Ugh, either way, I'll, I'll see it because I'll be able to watch it from my sofa. That's true. Um, you know what? And and maybe by that point, if most people are vaccinated and I feel comfortable going to the theater and it feels like this will be like a true movie theater experience, it could be a lot of fun to see in a theater. But again, I'm probably going to watch it at home first to see if I totally hate it, which feels <laughs> likely. Right. Um, Some DC casting news. A little, a, a little, little nugget more of DC news than this. But Pierce Brosnan was cast as Dr. Fate in Black Adam, which so fucking good. is finally filming, as yeah, is the right. Flash movie. And I the, looked this the, up. The Rock was cast as Black Adam in September of 2014. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was earlier, honestly. I was hoping that this movie and the Blade movie were going to be so abstract for so long that by the time that they made them, both uh, Warner Brothers and Marvel were desperate enough to just make it a Blade versus Black Adam movie. Oh, that would be <laughs> right. fun. <laughs> I mean, okay, first first of all, uh, uh, man, this is just great casting. Like, yes. uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I, you know, I've always said with DC's, all of DC's problems, casting has never really been bad for them. But this was, this one's really on the ball for them. I'm super on board with this. But related, have you seen any pictures of The Rock's fucking legs lately? <laughs> they're like trees man they're fucking i mean apparently he would somebody is like you know like these guys like chris evans are getting up to be like the size of you and he was like well fuck that i'm just gonna be a mutant yeah like his legs are so 
But I mean, apparently he thinks that Black Adam's powers is just having huge thoughts. Anyways, that's one of the funniest things to me. And this is probably uh, emblematic of, of some kind of just general value shift in Hollywood. Uh, but like, you know, I think the first thing that most of us think of when we think of wrestlers is like, you know, uh, oh, maybe not hurt because he's he's too close to it. But most <laughs> normal folks uh, think of, you know, these these huge, overly like comically muscular guys uh, who don't look like human beings and, you know, running around in spandex and whatever. Right. Uh, and, you know, you watch any of the rocks movies from like his immediate during and post uh, wrestling career, like early two thousands, he was like half the size that he is now when he was like a professional wrestler. So yeah. since then he's just decided, I'm, I don't know, like at, at least there was like kind of a, a, a loose impetus to be that mm. big in professional mm. wrestling. Like, Oh, I need to be this, this big and strong to beat the other big and strong guys. <laughs> but now I just feel like he might have uh, some kind of weird uh, pain workout addiction kind of thing. I mean, it is funny because when he was standing in the room uh, uh, in the ring with guys like Stone Cold, guys like Triple H, who was just like a a fucking wall at that at that era. You know, he really didn't care that much about being gigantic. He was, of course, a big fucking dude. But in those terms, he wasn't that big. But yeah, I guess something like he didn't feel like he needed to be bigger than Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he had to dwarf Vin Diesel, which I don't understand the logic. <laughs> God, I, I hope that's the whole reason. No, I mean, I guarantee it is. I'm guaranteeing as soon as it, it the writing was on the, because I mean, if you think about it, that's when he got so fucking huge is the fast movies. That's true. Yep. Well, that's a good transition because the next thing I wanted to talk about was the F9 trailer. All right. Which also has a former wrestler in it. Who I don't know if John Cena is getting bigger, but he's definitely like maintaining size very well. Yeah, like, yeah, he 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 does look better, bigger to me. But uh, dude would destroy Vin Diesel. So I, I mean, that's kind of the problem with escalating these movies. I feel yeah. like because I feel like you know I know Vin Diesel wants it to be, and I I feel like it was intended from the beginning that Vin Diesel's the big badass guy. Uh, right. But he's like. Small potatoes at this point. There is there are <laughs> totally. multiple dudes that are way bigger than he is now. Yeah, totally. to the point where it's it's almost silly to watch them fight because like you're you're like you're not even in the same weight class, bro. Right. This movie looks. I mean, dumb. at this point, he's had women in his in his movie that are. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Gina Carano for sure could kick Vin Diesel. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. This movie looks dumb. It looks real dumb to me. They go to space in it. <laughs> Which, I mean, is one of those things where, first of all, somebody between the last movie and this one told Vin Diesel about the Internet. He had not heard of it before. And after this, he went on and he found out that people make fun of him for not taking a punch in his movie. So he makes sure that he gets his ass kicked like twice in this trailer. Uh, They told him that they're making fun of the family thing. So nobody said anything about family. And they told him that they want them to go to space. So they're going to space. Like, you know, like this movie was made for fans and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that this movie. Said, I can't wait to watch it. I think this movie for sure ends on a cliffhanger. I don't feel like we've gotten one yet in the Fast series and we're only getting one more. So I feel like this one we're going to end either somebody dies at the last second or last minute betrayal. But I think we're going to end on a massive cliffhanger. Also, Han's back, which gets me excited. I like that dude. Yeah, I do like Han, but he, I mean, and this is coming from someone who wallows in comic books and soap operas, but he has such an ironclad death in this movie. I don't know how they fucking bring him back. Yeah, yeah. And we've gotten like two sequels that were specifically about his death. Right. They they made the whole timeline of these movies wonky just to give him a little extra time. And now they're just like, well, you know, instead, we're just going to say he's not dead. Yeah, this movie's going to be bad. It may be fun, but it's going to be bad. Mm. Yeah, um, speaking of fun things, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Mads Mikkelsen have joined the cast of Indiana Jones 5 and John Williams returning to do the score. These are good pickups for this movie. <laughs> this is very good. Uh, you know, Again, there, there. This seems like a Venn diagram that you know is pertinent to my interests. Uh, flea bag overlapping with Indiana Jones. That's. <laughs> the, I don't know if anyone else on Earth is as interested in that concept as me, but I definitely am. 
Yeah, she was the best part of Solo. And um, I haven't watched Fleabag. Everyone says it's great. Mads Mikkelsen's fucking great and everything. Um, this gives me hope. However, I will say the cast of the last Indiana Jones movie was pretty fucking good, too. And that movie still ended up being crap. That's a fair That's point. True. I yeah. do. I do feel bad. Like, I, I feel like Mads definitely has a, a good range beyond I'm foreign and kind of scary looking. But it's That's Indiana- how we cast him in. I mean, it is. Uh, but it's Indiana Jones, and I feel like uh, uh, subtlety is not the point, so I think he's perfect for this. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Do we think it will address Indy 4 or just totally ignore it? And what decade will this movie be in? I mean, Harrison Ford looks so old now, there's no way to not play it as being farther along. The only way they could do it, if they want to play with time, is move it farther forward, not farther back. You know? yeah. So I, I'd say it has to be 60s or 70s at least. Agreed. Speaking of casting, we got the full cast of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And it's very interesting. This is an eclectic cast. We knew that Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen were coming back, obviously. Uh, Joel Edgerton and Bonnie, I don't know her last name, the people who played Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. Hmm. Peru in uh, what's the Revenge of the Sith. Um, Kumail Nanjiani, Rupert Freen, O'Shea Jackson, uh, Soong Kang, who... I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but Han in the Fast series. Indira Varma, who was uh, the Sand Snake's mother lady in uh, Game of Thrones. And Moses Ingram. Uh, I've never seen anything with her in it, but she did when they announced the cast say, I get to play with lightsabers. So a lot of people think she's like a young Ahsoka. Hmm. Um, But really eclectic cast, really good cast. I would never imagine Kumail Nanjiani being in a Star Wars movie, but I'm happy for that guy. I know. I feel like he's really made it these last few years. Hurt, what do you uh, feel about the Kenobi cast? I, I think it's large. You know, I really pictured this being a, a you know, smaller one of these, you know, mainly centering around Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I mean, with this many big names in it, he obviously has to be going out and interacting with yeah. people. You know, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, man, I'm real excited about this. I think, I don't think Ewan McGregor would get back involved with this if he wasn't sure no one was going to make fun of it. You know, that was a dude who was so excited about being in the Star Wars franchise and it so didn't work out the way he wanted it to. There's no way that dude comes back unless this is going to be good. So I'm excited. They've really taken their time with it. You know, they've mm-hmm. they, there was like it was a show. And that's then like, such no. a nice way to put it. Well, I mean, it, yeah, at some point, some studios just make shit to make shit. Yeah. Right. And for this to be like, oh, it's eight episodes. No, it's a two hour movie. No, it's six episodes. And then I don't even know what the fuck they ended up on. But it, it really seems like they've tried to hammer out the story correctly. And it keeps getting delayed uh, or it was. It seems I think it's like filming right now. But and Deborah, Ch- is it Deborah Cho who's directing it? I think so. She directed some of the best episodes of The Mandalorian season one. Like, I don't know. This show, I think, has a lot of good traction going for it i'm excited to see the finished product i was uh, i was gonna say you know it's good that they've held on to it because they've only got one shot at it but realistically if they had made this show in like 2010 it already would have been long enough uh to come back and do it all over again <laughs> that's true yeah i definitely think you're right here i don't think there's any way he stays on tatooine with this cast like no right. god no unless there's a lot of shit on tatooine that we've never seen right. yeah right <clears throat> I think it would be cool, though, if I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like if somehow the concept of Luke got out there and it's just this like lone Shogun type of thing or he's just protecting the this like Skywalker home. And I don't know, I think it would be dope, but he's definitely going to be way more than that. It'll be globe trotting in space. Yeah. Uh, going to finish on a couple of trailers. We got the second Loki trailer. This show looks fucking great. It looks so fun. I agree. Uh, I don't even really know what else to say, but it just looks cool. And I just, I'm really I just excited like that it. Owen Wilson looks exactly what I was hoping that Owen Wilson was yes. going to be in this show. <laughs> Ian will hate this show. Yeah, Ian has, Ian, Ian has already decided to uh, to hate this show before seeing anything beyond this trailer. And there, there will be no talking him into otherwise. Correct. Um, I think that's probably all we have to say on Loki. So finally, the, the real big trailer I think that we've gotten recently was... Uh, I'm going to pronounce it the way Kevin Feige pronounces it. Shang-Chi uh, trailer. 
Uh, this it was again fucking dope trailer. Looks awesome. Yeah, bad poster, but good trailer. Yeah, the poster just doesn't say anything. It doesn't make you seem like the outfit's cool or the guy's cool. When when you guys, I you know, I was doing some medical stuff when you guys sent me the poster and the trailer and watching the trailer. I mean, the poster's like, I'm in no hurry to watch this trailer. This is going <laughs> to disappoint me because you know I've been super excited about yeah. this property, but but uh, but man, I was wrong. This trailer is super fun. Yeah, I. I Whatever it is about making their minority leads having dope hip hop soundtrack songs on their trailers, <laughs> they need to continue that trend because I really enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I don't know anything really about this character, so I'm going in pretty blind. But everything I saw in that makes me pretty excited for it. I mean, I- I'm I'm speculating based on, I think, probably some half remember shit and the trailer. But it seems like Shang-Chi, it might be in this. I don't know if this is always the canonical thing, but might be like the Mandarin son or that's some not, powerful It's son. not the comics canon, but it does seem like that's what they're doing. Yeah, in, because in it seems one. like he's supposed to be like, I'm born of bad stuff, but I, you know, I learned to be good uh, through the education you gave me and I'm going to uh, oppose you now. It doesn't confirm that Win Wu is the Mandarin in the trailer, but it, it's the it's same. Heavily yeah. implied. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in comics, uh, uh, Shang-Chi's father is Fu Manchu, which Marvel no longer has the rights to. But since Mandarin is an open ripoff of Fu Manchu, I think they found a pretty easy solution to that. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we're going to get a Trevor reference in this movie? I'm speaking of uh, Iron Man 3. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. Because it seems like they have to. It seems like something you can't uh, avoid, you know, avoid. But also they might want to avoid it since Iron Man 3 might be the least beloved of their movies. But at the same time, I think Trevor is the best part of Iron Man 3. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I I wonder how many people actually watch that that the Marvel one shot thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, With Scoot McNary. Yeah. Yeah. It, That's the best one too. What a what a waste of Scoot McNary, but <laughs> I mean, they have to address it because not nearly enough people have have one remember a shit from Iron Man three enough or uh, have seen that one shot to like know what's going on. Agreed. I'm bummed that Marvel gave up on the one shots. They were pretty fun. They I agree. Fun. I like those things too. I, I still say that back. they should do this Spider Man's origin that's never been shown just as a one shot. Do it as a fucking five minute thing. That's fun. I like. I can get on board with that. It was, you know, and it was like I don't want to say an essential plot device. It wasn't, but like I think the first Thor tease was in one of those things with Coulson, right? And then, um, yeah, the Mandarin bit. Like, I don't know. There was some pretty important shit that happened in those, and they got, and there were famous people in in all of them. So, <laughs> right, right, totally. Now they're no more. But anyway, that's the news. Cool, cool. We're going to do Falcon and the Winter Soldier next week. Just say it. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's that's the news for this week. Uh, Next week, we're going to finish up the last episode of South Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out this Friday. So if you haven't watched it, catch up and uh, join us next week for that. Uh, And also watch the Oscars if you want to, but also don't, because realistically, all the good stuff's going to be the reaction articles and uh, and clips online anyway. Uh, But in the meantime, what have you been watching this past week, guys? So Hurt and I have been texting about this topic for like weeks now. Um, so I'm finally going to, I finally finished Star Trek Discovery. And Joseph, you need to sit down because this is going to take a minute. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a lot of thoughts uh, about this show, a lot of feelings. And the, the best way I can describe it or sum it all up, um, even though I'm going to go into detail about all of it, is uh, it's a bad Star Trek show masked as a good Star Trek show. <laughs> right. And in Hurt and I, we went back and forth talking about it. And one of the things that I would describe it as is Zack Snyder's Star Trek, because <laughs> it's it's number one, way more adult than Star Trek needs to be. I don't need I, you know, I don't I don't I have no problem with the word fuck. It doesn't offend me. I use it a hundred times a day. I don't need my Star Trek character saying it. That feels weird. Um, Star Trek is something I watched growing up as a child. And it's pretty shitty. I can't share that with my I feel like I can't share it with my children. There's more blood and guts in this three seasons of this show than there is in 50 years of Star Trek. (laughs) That is true. That's a problem for me. Um, The other the other big 
problem. And, and this is why I really compare it to, to say it's Zack Snyder. Star Trek is Zack Snyder makes movies that fanboys think are good when talking with their friends. Like when you're just sitting around having a beer, eating pizza and thinking, wouldn't it be cool if and then whatever comes out of your mouth is cool in that conversation, but it's not actually cool. And that's what Star Trek Discovery is. And the best example I can give is season two and spoilers for the show, but I have to go into it. Season two of the show is would it be cool if Captain Kirk fought the Terminator? <laughs> Which does sound cool. Which sounds cool. But that yeah. that season two of that show is literally plot point after plot point of Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It literally right. down to family member is considered crazy and in a loony bin and breaks out violently. Um, <clears throat> there's a T-1000 type character in it. Like it's, it's very Terminator 2-y to me. Um, having said that, some of the good parts of the show, the cast is great. Um, cast everyone, is great. I agree with that. Everyone gets a good chance to shine. Doug Jones, really, I think they highlight that dude's skill. Um, I mean, GDT puts him in everything, but half the time he doesn't talk. At least he's like a lead character in this show, um, though he's an alien. Um, and all the cast for the captains is just phenomenal. Michelle Yao fucking kills it in this show. Jason Isaacs, great. Oded Fair, I don't know where that guy's fucking been for 15 years, but thank goodness they brought him back. Uh, and is Ansel Mount, yeah, plays... Uh, pike he's he's great in that role it's not you know captain pike in my opinion it's a captain kirk knockoff but he's right. still good at it I, I wish the show was better season three i think is the most star trekky sorry hurt you can talk now i said a lot no 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 i i you know the thing is uh i i still haven't watched season three so maybe i will since you say it gets closer to star trek uh, but I, I, at that point, I was operating on the, under the fool me twice. You're not going to fool me again sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would, I would amend your thing to say, this is a show that's not Star Trek disguised as Star Trek. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, it's, I, you know, I don't know. I agree. The cast is fucking phenomenal, particularly Doug Jones, man. That dude is so good. I just want the show to mainly be about him. But let me ask you this, and I, I don't know if we're talking spoilers a lot, but I think for the very least we could talk spoilers about the about the first season since it's mm -hmm. been so long ago. What point were you? Because it starts off and it looks really cool. That pilot is such a cool looking episode. Yeah, but I'm not sure if I like it. What point do you? Is your hair, uh, spirits raised with this? And what point were your spirits dashed? Because I can tell you exactly what they were with me. So I really liked the concept of this. And again, just total spoilers for the show, but yeah. um, the concept of the main character, two points, the main character not being the captain. Right. And, and then number two, that character being a fugitive, a, a con. Like, right. like I, I thought it was a really fun concept that this person went to jail has been in jail, has not really been forgiven of their crimes, but because you know it felt Starfleety Star Trek to me. It felt like we can look past what you've done to give you a higher purpose um, to benefit the universe. So I was really, really on board with uh, Lorca getting, you know, putting Michael Burnham um, in charge of whatever, and and then definitely. Well, I, you know, when Tilly says fuck the first time, I did not like that. I really right, hate right. I really hate it. This is fucking cool. And then it is fucking cool. Like mm -hmm. I I hated that line. Dude, uh, Tilly should just have copyright Josh Whedon tattooed on her fucking. Oh, head. dude. Yes. How about you, man? For me, I, you know, because again, it's it starts off, you know, sort of murky, which Star Trek is not murky. But when we really get to the point where, you know, uh where Michael is on the ship and, you know, we don't know what to think about the captain played by Jason Isaacs. And we start to feel like, well, you know, this guy isn't the kind of captain we're used to, but maybe he is the wartime captain and you start to get on his side. And it, and it also is really fun to see Jason Isaacs not playing the guy. He always fucking yeah. plays, mm -hmm. and, you know, which in the beginning you think he is that guy. 
And when I turned on it was when, oh, by the way, turns out he's just that guy. And he's yes. from the mirror universe. Yeah. You know, that, oh, and we're going to do a four episode arc about the fucking mirror universe. That's like, the uh, other the other big problem to me kind of goes back to that, you know, sitting around talking thing like that's a gimmick from two episodes of the original series and like one episode of Enterprise. Why right. in the world is it a central fucking plot point to this show? Right. Totally. And just, you know, we talked about this in text, but it really spends a lot of time just ex- like I think they got some fan feedback after the first season and they listened to the wrong fan feedback. They just spent all their time explaining shit that doesn't line up technology wise. Oh my gosh. That we're seeing now as opposed to the ships we'd see on the original, uh, on, on the original show and doesn't bother with the complaints that, Hey, maybe this show's not very good. So I I had wrote down one thing and said I wasn't going to talk about it, but you brought it up. So I have to say it. (laughs) Um, It creates problems for itself with this stuff. So why did they ever do it in the first place? Like if your Klingons are going to be so drastically different than any Klingon we've ever seen. Right. Why do it that way? Or why does every ship have holograms when we know the Enterprise doesn't? And your excuse is Pike doesn't like them. Like. (laughs) Just you just make a different show or, you know, you, you've seen the end of season two, so, you know, they jump forward in the future. Right. Um, it's very voyagery that season is. And they make it di- the only ship that we know. The only named other ship in this season is the vo- is Voyager, which, again, a bit on the nose, but OK. Right. Um, but it makes more sense to do it in the far future because you have all this technology we've never seen before. Why did we waste two seasons to get there? Right. Totally. Why, why do you make Michael Spock's sister when Spock's never had a sister? And then your excuse is, oh, well, you didn't know it because he wasn't allowed to talk about her. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was the it was the most ham fisted explanation. It, it, it was I mean, she literally got coochie. You know, yeah. and we will never speak of her again. You know, and, that, and, and the thing with the Klingons you talking about, like they didn't need to explain that the Klingons in the original series don't look anything like the Klingons in the movie or the next generation. Correct. And, you know, this was just a different version of it. I understood it was a stylistic choice. Like I, I wasn't going to put a lot of thought in it. But then when they come up with that stupid, stupid thing that they said, you know, about Klingons shave their head during the war or something like that. It's like, okay, well then now how do we explain the Klingons in the original series? Like, you know, you, you made what was just a stylistic choice that everybody can just get around into something that now is actually a problem. This is a dumb fucking show. The more I talk about it, the more I just like (laughs) Star Trek discovery. Oh man. This is, this is the most Comic-Con our show has ever been. <laughs> Man, I don't know what you're talking about. You talk about sex animes like every other week. That's a fair point. Touche. So, Joseph, did we talk you into watching Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, if, if something uh, dramatic happens to me, like uh, uh, my leg gets run over by a FedEx van or something, uh, and I'm going to be down for like <laughs> six months... Maybe I'll do Star Trek. It just seems daunting at this point. I don't even I don't even think that I wouldn't like it if I did the whole thing. Uh, and certainly I would enjoy hating on it. Uh, I'm sure or particularly hating on other people who like it. Uh, right. But I just I can't commit the time. So I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of glad to hear this one isn't good because it won't actually entice me to start. I mean, to that point, I watched the Next Generation episode today just because I felt like watching good Star Trek, and I and and I've never watched Deep Space Nine, and that that feels daunting to me. So I just picked some Next Generation, and the way Riker solved the problem today was to have sex with an alien. <laughs> she was like, "I'll let you out of this prison cell if you make love to me," and he like literally looks at the door and was like, "All right." <laughs> yeah. So I'm not yeah. saying Star Trek's ever been good. But I at least enjoyed that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you know, a uh, uh, hot take about Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, Riker might be my favorite character from the uh, from the Next Generation cast, but Riker-centric episodes are kind of always bad. Yeah, the answer is always his dick. Right. 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 Um, 
Man, you know, honestly, I don't know. Do I even do I even need a turn? I talked as much about your show as you did. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, and the, the thing I was going to talk about might be the least relevant thing I've ever talked about on the show, which is saying a lot. That is saying but, a lot. So a few weeks ago, I, I, you know, I watched a little of the Warner animated uh, Timber stuff on HBO Max. And I said I would probably get back to those and watch more of them and talk more about them. But instead of watching that thing from that time era that I know I liked is one of my favorite things. Instead, I started watching something I dislike, which is I don't know. I don't know why I do shit like that. But anyways, I started watching the 90s X-Men cartoon. Mm. <laughs> um, Dope now, intro song. Dope intro song. That is true. Um, I, you know, I feel like to talk about this, I have to talk about a little of my history on it, which when this show debuted in 92, I'm assuming both of you guys were still like dragging on the teeth. You were all still pretty goddamn young, right? That's correct. I was old enough to have opinions and my most uh, closely held opinion, the one I believed in the most was that the X-Men were fucking awesome. And, uh, like it was, you know, at 92, I probably should have started knowing better because Claremont had been off the book for about a year. Things were not going well, but I wasn't ready to let go. I was still in denial. So with that said, Batman the Animated Series and um, and X-Men Animated Series got announced at almost the same time. And in a monumentally bad take at the time, I was telling everyone that the X-Men show was going to be better. And my, my theory was that, you know, the Batman cartoon is just going to be based on the uh, movies. It's going to, it's not going to be the real thing. X-Men will be the real thing. Uh, you know, and when I say everybody, I had like two friends that were interested in comic book shit, but not like comics. They, they were the father of our times, basically. Like, <laughs> you know, they, um, so then when those shows de- debuted, uh, which they debuted on very at very similar times. It was immediate that that take was wrong. When when uh, when Fox launched uh, Batman, they did like I think like three episodes in a three day span, and two of those episodes were on Leather Wings and Heart of Ice. So they fucking started strong. Like, <laughs> that shit was immediate. Like oh, this is this is the best shit I've ever seen. And the X Men premiere was a fucking disaster even by their standards, because they packed things up for a year and went back to the drawing board. But, uh, and so in that year interim, my most closely held opinion changed to Batman the Animated Series is fucking cool. So when it launched later, I tried watching it and I never connected to it. I, I, I always thought this is bad. This is closer to Super Friends than it is like what shit should be like today. Like, like, you know, in a world that had, you know, Batman, the animated series and gargoyles, that shit looks amateurish. Um, but I thought, but, you know, on the Internet and shit, people really remember that show well. So I thought I would give it a whirl. And uh, my memories were not wrong. That's not a good <laughs> show. Like, I, you know, I, I think I, I, for one thing, I think the the, you know, the costumes are too fucking busy and it makes the, it makes the animation wonky. The animation looks bad all the fucking time. I mean, you know, uh, I can remember in that initial call on the, that X-Men was going to be better. I liked it because the character design looked less cartoony. They looked more like the comic books. And it turns out that that was its biggest weakness that, you know, because Batman, the animated series was so corny. I mean, cartoony, the animation looks fucking great. And on this doesn't. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things where I, I think it was a bad choice to start at the beginning. They should have started in the middle. There should have already been X-Men before the team that we meet. That way, when we meet new characters, they could still have relationships with the characters we're meeting where that really, you know, like I'm just an example. When we finally meet, meet Nightcrawler, who gives a shit about a Nightcrawler who's not best friends with Wolverine? Like, you know. Like those those characters and their sort of different morality is what made those two characters cool. And, you know, I don't know. It just, you know, we talked about how cool the opening music is. Do you remember that there was different outro music? No. Okay, there's different outro music. And the outro music is 100% like Smells Like Teen Spirit played backwards (laughs) with like glam rock guitar soloing played over top of it. And like, like, I think that just typifies this show. It just 
totally misses what it thinks it has a handle on. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I hate myself, so I'll probably keep watching this, but I, I definitely, I was hoping to be wrong about something that I was. So this, I'm still giving this one worse than Transformers. I still say it would have been better if, if you got rid of Wolverine having an Australian accent, if we got 90 episodes of Pride of the X-Men instead of this. I uh, I did try to watch this show, I think, when it Disney Plus first came on, and I made it through about seven minutes of the first episode and was like, this is terrible. <laughs> never went to be, to be fair, the first two episodes are the worst, but it I mean, it doesn't it's still, you know, even I mean, they're definitely shooting for loftier things, but it's still closer to Super Friends or G.I. Joe than it is Gargoyles. Yeah, <clears throat> man, this segment of our show has gone on too long already. and I haven't even gone, but I did want to ask you, Christian. It occurred to me, and it, it, it occurred in this conversation. Did you ever go back and rewatch Gargoyles now that it's on Disney Plus? I did. I did. How is and it in retrospect? It is still pretty good. Like the general plot of Gargoyles is really good, but there's, I you know, I know you guys disagree with me on this. There's a bit too much filler in that show. And when it's filler meant for seven-year-olds, it's kind of hard to get through. Mm. The plot's just I, not very complex, so it, it could be done in, in two hours <laughs> versus two seasons. I can get on board with the plot. There's, there's a lot of filler, and I think that's one of the, the only real problem I have with Batman the Animated Series, the original run, is where they were trying to hit that 80-episode syndication mark. There are a lot of filler episodes. Mm. Still worth a watch, both of them. I still remember... Uh, between, I think it was between Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. They kind of swapped the format from like two to three episode arcs to one episode arcs. Uh, and that show got so fucking tight after that. It was already quite good. <laughs> right. uh, but but trimming to one episode was a, it was a great choice narratively and just entertainment wise. 100%. Like the, 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 the first run is, is definitely good, particularly the second season. But going to the one episodes and just, you know, making it all like, you know, all killer, no filler, fucking great choice. We need to do a Timiverse episode one day. Man, I am so on board with that. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll table that. We need to come back to that. For me, we'll fucking go. Let's do this quick. I don't have anything that I care about that much. Uh, I watched Nomadland because the Oscars are coming up and I'm a piece of shit. Uh, and it was good. You know, like, I don't want to fucking talk about a good movie. That's not fun. Uh, <laughs> it, it did. It did make me feel like, oh, man, it's kind of sucks that Chloe Zhao is doing a, a superhero movie because she can actually do good stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, sure, whatever. I watched for, for literally no reason. Uh, She's all that because I had never seen it before. Yeah, uh, I've, I've seen not another teen movie. Uh, and it's it was one of those things where going back and rewatching it. Uh, the, I think the reason I wanted to watch it is because it, it's such it is to me the the archetypal movie, even if it wasn't the first movie of like uh, dress a pretty girl, like just only kind of frumpy, not even very frumpy and put some glasses right. on her right. and then and right. then put her in real clothes later and, and take off the glasses and be like, oh, she's beautiful, but she's been beautiful the whole time. Right. Uh, I'm I'm positive, you know, like I'm positive this movie was not the first one to do so, but to me it's it's like the one you go to when you want to reference that. It might be the most egregious version of it. It is it is egregious, <clears throat> is the correct Cause, word. Because I think she's actually hotter with the glasses on. I mean, <laughs> that's that's fair, but I feel like that might speak to to our, I don't know, weird stations in life than anything else. <laughs> right. Um the, the the things I will come out of this noting, one you know, the movie before the parody in retrospect, this is a lot like uh, uh, Robin Hood and Robin Hood men in tights to me in that the, the movie itself is such a parody. It's hard for me to imagine that a parody was necessary. Uh, That said they did, they worked hard on the casting for, for the parody because like the, the one-to-one comparisons are pretty spectacularly like, like dead ringer dead on uh, just sheer appearance wise. The one thing I thought was interesting is just it's it's impossible for me to to square the the Freddie Prince Jr. then and Chris Evans then and the Freddie Prince Jr. now and the Chris Evans now because the trajectories <laughs> that they've been on I would I just wouldn't have guessed it it wouldn't have been right. on my fucking mind like I totally get why Chris Evans wouldn't be cast in in uh, she's all that as the lead because 
He's more of the uh, the the fucking Paul Walker character. He definitely looks more like your teen asshole than like you know the the teen jock with a heart of gold kind of thing. And uh, you know, I don't know that that Freddie Prince Jr. looks incredibly athletic, but he's got enough of a chin to pull it off, and otherwise looks fairly like I don't know uh, unoffensive. But like cut right. to now, uh, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. looks like he has been a dad for like 50 years yeah. uh and chris evans has turned into a guy that i want to call daddy so like I, you know, I, I don't know it's just it's it's crazy how this shit works out uh and the only other thing i'll say I, fuck i'm talking about this movie a lot more than i anticipated is <laughs> i uh, i never got like the paul walker thing ever like i didn't think right. he was real attractive and I know that there was a, a very large subset of women who were like, that was, it, it wasn't like, he wasn't everybody's thing, but right. he was your thing. He was really your thing. Uh, mm. But this version of Paul Walker, I was like, I get it. He's, he's kind of my thing too. He's very handsome in this movie. So much so that I feel like he should have been the lead. Right. But uh, yeah, I, he, good. The main thing I think of whenever anyone mentions a movie from this era, the very first question that pops into my mind is, was Matthew Lillard in it? Okay, so yes is the answer. Uh, but that's the other crazy thing. To me, the, the fact that even in uh, uh, an exaggerated, uh, like, uh, you know, we're supposed to laugh at him in this role, but even in that role, to think that we could cast Matthew fucking Lillard as like the jock hunk that steals right. Freddie Prinze's Jr.'s gal? Is fucking outrageous. Right. Like, what were yeah. we thinking in the nineties? Yeah, I, I just—he was in so many movies from that era. It's honestly just hard to keep up with it's... which ones he was. Anytime there was a teen movie, and man, you talk about you know diminishing returns at this age. I don't know if you've seen that dude lately. The time is not being kind. But like, I—he didn't look like anything then either. Like that's the thing. Like <laughs> I think that strains the most credulity in the whole fucking movie. That's the right. most unrealistic, ridiculous thing. Is that like? Oh, this is like the hunky guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will I, say to your, go ahead. to your point about Paul Walker, imagine if you can, if you're able, you're a 17 year old girl, it's 1999, and fucking varsity blues, and she's all that comes out. Like at that time, it probably seemed like Paul Walker was the next, like Brad Pitt. Mm, right. Like that was the summer of Paul Walker. And then all he did was follow that up with five Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and then uh, the only other thing I want to talk about, just because it's been a while since I've watched, or I've, I've even wanted to watch any any uh, stand-up, is the YouTube algorithm in all of its glory had been feeding me like minute clips of a, co- a comic called Nate Bergetzi. You guys familiar with him? I, I've heard some of his stuff, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, he, he's like very, very like dry, uh, deadpan, uh, Southern Tennessee accent, surprisingly clean comedy. Uh, but like, just, it's, it's one of, he's just one of those people where it doesn't even matter if he's saying something funny, just the way that he says things is funny to me, but he has, uh, uh, I think three, well, he's got two full specials on Netflix and then kind of like whatever comedy central presents his version of, you know, the, whatever Netflix's version of that show is on netflix uh but we watched uh the me and the wife watched two of those and they're very very funny he's very very funny and uh not in a way that you know in, in a surprisingly non non-mean way i guess which is refreshing i mean you, you hit it on the head with that dude in that you know he has good material but he doesn't need it because he has got a voice and a delivery that he could read the fucking phone book he could that. It'd be hilarious. I don't care. If they still made phone books. I don't think they do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, for, for anybody looking for a, a good, wholesome uh, laugh, I, I, uh, or just a good laugh in general, I don't feel like it needs to be a wholesome laugh, but it is unexpectedly. I mean, he's not like, you know, he's not like Jim Gaffigan G-rated. He's, you know, there's some adult things. He just doesn't talk about his dick and butthole very much. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's more correct. So yeah, all 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 the things that I watch are better than Transformers. Even she's all that. It's pretty good. I it's an hour and a half. Fuck you, watch it. My wife I, loves that movie. Loves it. I, yeah, honestly, I'm really glad you brought that movie up because that's one of those things where I know at the time I liked it, and I don't want to watch it now and find out I was an idiot. Because at that <laughs> point, I was too old to be an idiot. 
I think you could make a whole. I could do a whole episode on Sheila because there's so many perplexing bits, like the fact that uh, Usher is like only seems to exist as the school's DJ and has no other spheres of existence in the movie. Right. Like I'm not sure if he's a student or in the faculty or anything because he doesn't interact in any other way besides a DJ booth. It is relevant. They're remaking it. Called <laughs> all right. he's all that. Yeah. Oh. With the I think the main lead literally is famous from TikTok. Like she's not an actress. She's just TikTok famous. Huh. And yeah. All right. She's going to algorithm the... come up with that. Correct. Yep. <laughs> That definitely wow. sounds like something someone that a computer just pooped out. It like sure a remake of certainly does. She's all of that with the TikTok star. Anyway, we've yeah. been talking about our, our own bullshit for a long time. I hope some of it's been enjoyable. I hope at least one person listens to Star Trek on this podcast. Otherwise, I'm sure this is a slog. I hope they watch it too. Yeah. <laughs> or that. Uh, yeah. I, think, uh, I think a lot of times, Joseph, you just have a hard time understanding. Like, you know that people like things that you don't like. But when it's something geeky and you don't like it, you just cannot understand that. I can't because it seems like if it was geeky and it was good, I would have liked it already. (laughs) Because, I mean, I feel like that Star Trek thing was one of the more accessible things we've probably done on here. But you're like, oh, man, we're going to scare them off with that Dennis Leary uh, weird (laughs) reference. (laughs) Uh, Dennis Miller. I meant Dennis Miller. (laughs) Oh, man. But you guys laughed, so you knew what I meant. I try not to think about Dennis Miller and his Fox news obsession, but I'm glad you brought it up. Dude, that's such that. I mean, that, that guy's turn in career path was so fucking weird. He was so the opposite of the dude he is now. It's just bananas. And I, I mean, he, he annoyed me when he was the opposite of who he is now too, but it's just crazy that he's who he is now. The best Dennis Miller thing ever. And this will be the last thing we can end is the <laughs> him doing weekend update with Dana Carvey and impersonating him doing weekend update. <laughs> It's fucking great. You're right, Babs. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That is some of the best shit. But uh, that is going to be our show for this week. Uh, join us next week. Again, we're doing the Falcon Winter Soldier. We'll see. We'll see how it wraps up. But uh, yeah, you can join us next I week. I think that's what we should, we should tag every episode we do. We'll see how it wraps up. Because <laughs> we never leave. know. King Kong versus Godzilla. We'll see how it wraps up. That should be the title <laughs> to every episode of this show. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell people about the podcast, tell people about Star Trek, do whatever you want to do. Uh, you can uh, tell us any news that we missed, any things that you're excited about, or if you want us to do an episode on Mortal Kombat or the Oscars, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At Real Phonies on Instagram at Real underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs>